Hello there, and greetings to you. Welcome to Duel of the Takes, the movie and pop culture podcast that pins the wildest, most unpopular opinions head-to-head. Today, we are joined by special guest and friend of the show, Nicholas Rorman, who you may know from his band The Banana Boys or his new sketch comedy channel, So Far, So Good. Our panel will be trying to guess Nick's top 10 favorite movies of all time. My name's Nathaniel Martin, and I am joined by my regular co-hosts, Joshua Kubis, Alden Mason, and Jory Boston. I, I went on my letterbox in preparation for this and made all of my lists private. Yeah, normally I have a private uh, list for whatever one we're doing that week. Like, my Scorsese one should still be private. The definitive list of 86 films is private on my letterbox right now. All right. Hello there, everyone. And uh, it's another episode of Duel of the Takes. But this time we are joined by special guest, the one, the only, Nicholas Warman slash Carmichael, if you're Jory. Woo! I'm glad to have you back, man. I'm glad to be back. And can I just say a, a quick congratulations uh, for your Josh Gad video? Over 10,000 views and count. It's it's really getting places, so I'm excited to, to see where it goes. Yeah, who knew people cared about Josh Gad's legacy that much? The, la- the last great actor. The last great actor. The last great actor. And the first great actor, if you really think about it. He's <laughs> <laughs> been here all along. Oops. All Josh Gad. I'm just waiting for Josh Gad to get knighted. Yeah, he he should get knighted because of all the times this like just straight up Jewish guy has been cast as a Hispanic person in movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's outrageous. When he played Angel. 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 So anyway, we're guessing uh, Nicholas Warman's top 10 favorite movies of all time today in a format that he created almost a year ago. It's been literally... A, oh, a year of us doing this. Uh, episode 50 was our Scorsese one that came out last week. This is episode 51. We're pr- we've been doing this for a year. We took two weeks off around Christmas. This is, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I know season two already happened, but I'm going to consider this season two. This is season two. <laughs> We're halfway through season two. Anyways. Speaking of uh, high quality content, so far so good. We've shielded it three or four times already this season, but we have to shill it once again because Nick is here. Honestly, great, great content. Uh, it's a comedy variety show with new weekly uploads. They do sketches through two, three times a, a month. They have their their main show and a podcast. It, the effort is is everywhere. If you guys can keep this quality, consistent content for a year or two, you guys will have more subscribers than everyone we've had on the show as a guest combined. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we can stay consistent. Um, lots of big stuff changing um, moves and all that stuff. But I, I've really enjoyed making this. Um, I know we had like, uh, Eamon and I were on a comedy show in college and, and that was great with the amount of content we put out. But it really does feel like something we've just created from the ground up. And it's really, it's really nice to to see people liking it. So thank you, guys. Eamon's uh, grandfather is my favorite Scorsese character. Now you can get me a bear. <laughs> Why is my mouth wet? Classic. Vague 2 is a classic bit. I created that freshman year of college, and I did a Vague 2 bit every single year of college. And now I've done it out of college, too. There's five Vague 2 bits that exist in the ether somewhere. I'd love to get them as a sponsor for Duel of the Takes. 
Dude, we can do it. I can hook you up. We got Don DeOily on lock. He's on the call. Anyway, uh, you have a list of 40 movies for us to try to guess which are your top 10. Yes, I'm going to be posting them in his Legacy General, okay? The preferred place. Right underneath Terminator versus Jesus, the mad 1996 mad TV sketch. I'm so nervous for this list. All right, here it is, boys. That's a list. Oh my god. All right, for those that are listening at home... I'm going to read you Nicholas Worman's 40 movies. Now, keep in mind, 10 of these are his top 10 of all time. Mm-hmm. We've got Draft Day, Onward, Chicago, Jojo Rabbit, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, The Ruddles, All You Need Is Cash, Yellow Submarine, Sausage Party, The Blues Brothers, National Lampoon's Vacation, The Incredibles, The Muppets, or The Muppet Movie, The Empire Strikes Back, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Iron Giant, Blazing Saddles, Sing Street, Grease, Disney's Hercules, Whiplash, Inglorious Bastards, The Dark Crystal, Borat, The Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas, Grand Budapest Hotel, The Country Bears, Parasite, La La Land, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Disney's Aladdin, Baby Driver, The Blues Brothers 2000, Knives Out, Speed Racer, Cats 2019, The Big Lebowski, Spider-Man Far From Home, Get Out, and Catch Me If You Can. Wow. 40 movies that I've seen. Have you seen every all of these movies? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen every movie ever made. Especially especially The Ruddles, All You Need Is Cash. That one everyone's seen. Yeah. Of course. Who hasn't seen the Beatles parody, The Ruddles, All You Need Is Cash? What, what are you guys' initial thoughts? Well, I, my initial thought is Sausage Party is your number one. Some of these are incredibly based, and then other ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's interesting. I feel like you're, we are ranking your top 10 favorite movies. So that doesn't mean these have to be good movies. They just have to be ones that you really, really enjoy. Right. You, you guys have to remember, I like movies and I don't know why. Viva Rock Vegas. Is that the one with one of the Baldwin brothers playing Barney? Yeah. 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 And that's also the one that has, uh, like, uh, Professor Gloop. Or like Loop from uh, Spy Kids, as uh, as um the green guy. I can't believe we're only in two seasons of Duel of the Takes, and we're already talking about the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Cool. So normally, how this format goes is we uh, either get a hint for each spot, or at the very least, we ask a couple questions, and uh, Nick can choose if he wants to answer them or not, and then the four of us will take turns guessing what every uh movie nick has is so at the number 10 spot hmm i feel like it's gonna be uh probably one of these out of pocket ones at the very bottom of the list but what do i know what's uh what is nick's hint for number 10 you want to hear my hint i do yeah hint. i'm gonna need it hint me baby one more time this is more of a hint for all 10 movies but this one specifically as well um, I'm a big fan of movies that have music as part of them. Yes, yes. I do know that Nick is a very big fan of a lot of movies that have music in them. Um, I'm pretty sure I know what his number one is unless it's changed. So that being said, my number, my guess for number 10 is the Country Bears movie because I think he acknowledges that it's a pretty flawed movie, but it does have some really great musical numbers and some good action set pieces, and is a forgotten gem of our early 2000s childhood, I think he wants to elevate it and put it in his top 10. I'm going to lock the Country Bears here at number 10. Hmm. Should I comment 
You can if you want. <laughs> well, I mean, I love the Country Bears. I am a big fan of that movie. You love it more than number 10 on your top 10 favorite movies of all time. I have the soundtrack on my phone. I listen to it quite often. <laughs> um, he said music and not singing, which is why I'm tr- trying to stay away from trying to st- trying to stay away from like maybe like musical heavy. Because he said all of these movies have music in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, without like not like something like Aladdin. You know what I mean? Yeah, not a musical, but with music in it. Yeah, where music's a prime focus, but it's not a. I think Josh is saying that he's thinking about movies with good soundtracks. Oh, so Baby Driver? Possibly. Maybe. Um, I have a question for you guys: Is Edgar Wright just British James Gunn? Um, sure. I think James Gunn is American Edgar Wright. I would argue that Edgar Wright is a little more talented just consistently than uh, James Gunn is. I, I love both of them, but I would say that like, like James Gunn makes really good movies and Edgar Wright consistently makes movies that, that make you think about how movies are made. So I'd probably give Edgar Wright an edge up on, on James Gunn. I think Edgar Wright's just a little bit flashier as a director slash editor, whereas like James Gunn is just a writer. Like I, I mean, he directs, but he's a writer. I'm actually gonna go with Whiplash here because I feel like um, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like uh, Nick's taste align more of, or I think some of his like top five favorite movies are gonna be more into the comedic genre, and like Whiplash has some really funny lines, but it's not supposed to be a comedy. Uh, as like its main theme and maybe this is a movie that nick just really appreciates and maybe he just really likes jazz i i do like jazz i am, I am a jazz head that's why i'm going to new orleans for my honeymoon based based you know what i really don't know in particular for number 10 but in that case i'm gonna guess something that i'm pretty positive is gonna be in this top 10 no matter what I'm definitely guessing this early, but I want to guess Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, opening with uh, Blue Sky, I, I will stand by saying that that's one of my favorite uh, film openings. I, I really like it, too. It's just a classic. I do have a list on my letterbox of like favorite film openings and favorite film endings. I like the opening of Baby Driver a lot. That one, uh, the top of my list are Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Baby Driver in terms of greatest movie openings. Come come a little bit closer is probably the best scene in general that Marvel's ever done. I agree. Or honestly, the Winter Soldier scene with Samuel L. Jackson fighting off like all those Hydra agents. In his- <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck between two movies. And what are they? And I feel like I should pick the one with a, that has more music. What are the two movies you were stuck between? Jojo Rabbit and Hercules. I think I'm picking Hercules. I think so. Heracles? Yeah, that's the one. I also have the Hercules soundtrack on my phone and listen to it quite often. Bless my soul, Herc is on a roll. Person of the week in every Greek opinion poll, what can I say? Now, and, and here's a, I'll give you a little tidbit of information. Uh, for those who don't know, I rank everything. I love ranking. Me too. So I've also ranked every single Disney song. Oh my god. You've been talking about this for like eight months. <laughs> I know, because I'm going to be making a video eventually with my friend. It is a, a tier ranking, but I have my, my S tier ranked in order. And in, in my top 10 Disney songs, there are two Hercules songs. As there should be. Oh. 
the cringest part of this all is that uh goofy movie doesn't count because it's not walt disney animation studios i know man it hurt me it hurt me inside to, to not include that on the list the fact that tevin campbell is not mentioned in s tier is really gonna hurt it would it would be if, if it was a movie that fit the criteria you can always just fudge it like we did for Disney Renaissance. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So we've got Josh guest Whiplash, I guest the Country Bears, Alden guest Hercules, and Jory guest Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Nick, what is your 10th favorite movie of all time? <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. It is Sing Street. Interesting. Yeah. Sing Street is a lovely a lovely little movie uh, made by the same uh, person who made Once. If you guys have seen that, um, when I first saw Sing Street, I was just surprised with how um, how tight of a story it was. It's really a self-contained musical that takes place in uh, Ireland in the eighties. Yeah, it's the eighties. Simple story of a, a guy who starts a band to impress a girl, and uh, the music's fantastic in that movie. It is. It is so underrated at first when at first when nick said that movie i thought of uh this yeah that's what I <laughs> no that's that's illuminations sing which we will be talking about in july <laughs> man yeah sing street i highly re- recommend it for anybody who has uh seen it also there's a character in there named Eamon, so that's fun yeah no i like sing street i uh i was looking at that one i was like this is probably going to be higher if he has it on his list and i was wrong <laughs> you were wrong all right, the number nine spot. What's our what's our hint? Okay, so my number nine spot is um, hmm. It is a, a film made by a uh, not a prominent comedy director, but a director who is who uh, his movies are are talked about because of their comedy. Okay, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Oh my God, Guardians Two about right now is you're saying not a prominent comedy director so wait yeah that does throw me off not saying so prominent could mean a couple different things so i i'm more implying that um not necessarily the critic response to comedy but in terms of of like release almost like in terms of like public knowledge of this director what did you just say i'm gonna say inglorious bastards here because i wouldn't consider tarantino a comedic director and i don't think that inglorious bastards is his funniest movie but i do think it has a couple of funny scenes yeah and uh yeah i mean he's known for his like witty kind of modern dialogue and this movie's a standout in his filmography yeah it is my favorite tarantino based is that a doorbell it's Alden's laundry telling him to come. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Josh has uh, gone with Guardians Volume 2. I've gone with Inglorious Bastards. And Alden and Jory have to figure out a comedic, di- uh, not comedic director that has uh, a movie. Not necessarily. That has a movie. <laughs> necessarily a not comedic director. But one that isn't super well known necessarily. Oh, gotcha. At first, when you first started talking about this, when I was thinking Monty Python, and then you said single director. Technically, Monty Python does have a single director. It was written by written by the the Python troupe, but it was only directed by, um, uh, by I don't uh, Terry Gilliam. Mm-hmm. I hope this doesn't turn out to be Chris Columbus and Chamber of Secrets. 
Well, I hope it turns out to be Taika Waititi because I'm picking Jojo Rabbit. Am I the Terran Gilliam of the Duel of the Takes panel? <laughs> I think you might be. Does that mean I'm like the George Harrison? Yeah, that definitely is what that means. <laughs> All right, so Alden guessed the yin to my yang, and Glorious Bastards and Jojo Rabbit are both here at number nine. <laughs> I do, I really enjoy Jojo Rabbit. I was so pleasantly surprised when I saw that in theaters. What was your number, uh, what was your number nine, Nick? Jory, did you give a, what was your thing? Oh, I didn't guess. Uh... <laughs> Jory is sipping on Kool-Aid right now. I just got some soup delivered by my cousin. And uh, I just got a text from the host of our family's Easter party that somebody who was there just tested for positive today. So that's probably what I have. Oh, good night, Jory. Anyways, uh, not a prominent comedy director. God, what was I thinking before I got up? I kind of want to guess The Big Lebowski. I was also thinking that. That's a good choice. I uh, I saw Big Lebowski for the first time last year during quarantine. Wow. What'd you think? It is uh, at the top of Eamon's favorite list, so we were watching it, and I loved it. I loved it so much. I didn't vibe with it the first time I saw it, but I really have really, really liked it every time I've seen it since. It's one of those that I think grows on me, and I get why there's a whole religion founded upon it. It's kind of uh, like loose structure. It's kind of like a like a noir, but also a stoner comedy at the same time. It's very unique. I kind of feel that way about a lot of Cohen stuff that it doesn't necessarily vibe with me at first. But Big Lebowski did. I, I was all in on it. I do want to help Jory with this one about the single director. I also don't want to hurt Jory by saying it seems like a single director. Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to stick with what I said. So Josh has guessed Guardians Volume 2, I've guessed Inglorious Bastards, and Alden guessed the other World War II Nazi comedy, Jojo Rabbit, and Jory guessed The Big Lebowski, which is more of a, a nihilist comedy. Nick, what is your number nine? My number nine is Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit. Whoa. Fuck, we can't let you win. Alden's going to win again. <laughs> Look at that, Alden. See, how is Taika Waititi not a prominent comedy director? So so what I was trying to, to get at was, um, like, what we do in the shadows, a lot of comedy people knew it, and a lot of film people knew it, but it was not in any way a mainstream movie. That's true. What about Thor Ragnarok? <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. It only recently did he become like well-known and i wouldn't say it's it's people talk about the comedy but i wouldn't say that thor ragnarok is first a uh, comedy movie that's what that's what i was thinking with james gunn was like he wasn't really super known until the guardians movies even though he written the scooby-doo movies and done other stuff and tromeo and Juliet. yeah right all the trom apparently apparently lloyd kaufman is in the suicide squad according to imdb Yes, he is. Which is crazy. But yeah, I, I would say that like... I was listening to an interview with uh, Lloyd Kaufman relatively recently, and he said he's got a uh, he's got a cameo in there. Good. I love it. But yeah, I think uh, Taika Waititi is definitely a comedy film director, but most people would know him for Thor Ragnarok, which I would say is mostly a superhero movie, comedy movie second. <laughs> that was at least my, my hint reasoning. And I was also... My hint was a little bit vague, because I'm trying to... Trying to throw you guys off a little bit. Alden got it. Alrighty. Uh, the number eight spot. What's our little tease here? What's our confusing hint? I'll make this one a little less confusing. It's an animated film. Okay. That narrows it down. That really narrows it down. 
So, uh, Sausage Party? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's his number one. Hey, Sausage Party has a lot of music in it. Also, Onward. Uh, Cats is technically an animated movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where does Who Framed Roger Rabbit stand? It's a hybrid. I wouldn't say it's an animated movie, but I would say that if if I said it's animated, that would include animation. Even if it's not, like, all of it. I'm going to guess The Incredibles. I was also thinking The Incredibles, but Nick just talked about how he ranked all the Disney animated songs and two songs in his top ten at Hercules. But that doesn't mean Hercules is that high. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, maybe his number one is an Aladdin song, because that one is also here. I'm going to guess Onward here, because I've heard Nick talk pretty highly on Onward, and I know a lot of people haven't. And uh, I feel like number eight is a respectable spot for it. Uh, I think that's where it made it on our Pixar list a year ago. So, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock Onward here. Onward's a sleeper. Onward's a sleeper. I, yeah, I did fall asleep the first time I watched Onward. It's definitely niche for a lot of people. But I, I am a big fantasy fan and I play D&D. So it, it was really, really fun for me. Something about the, the music and the environments really made me want to just roll like a D20, you know? Play some Dungeons and Dragons. Big fan. Is Josh still undecided? I am. I'm still undecided. So Jor- Jory went with Incredibles, right? Yeah. And I'm sticking to it. And I I'm, I mean, Incredibles, yeah. Incredibles is my number one Pixar movie. Yeah. I, I thought I remembered you say that, so. I'm, I'm trying to only tell things that I've already said in, like, the comments of Duel the Take videos. <laughs> I just showed up on the Pixar rank. Looking for your comment, and it's not here. Is the Dark Crystal animated? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I guess there are parts of it, but only in the same way that, like, a lot of special effects in the 70s were drawn onto the screen. Also in uh, Constellation Quest. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna go with Hercules. Bless my soul, Hercules on a rope. I'm stuck between... Josh and Jory's picks here. Well, you've already guessed Hercules, right? So you can't guess that again. You might as well just go with The Incredibles. I don't want to throw away The Incredibles necessarily in case it's higher, but it does seem like the best option right now. No, I lied. I'm picking The Iron Giant. Ooh, another Brad Bird animated movie. Another Brad Bird. Lots of love for Brad Bird on this 40, 40 movies list. Where's uh, Where's Tomorrowland? Underrated Kino. Secret Kino. Tomorrowland is is in the uh, the trailer on the TV in Iron Giant. That's where it is. <laughs> the trailer for Tomorrowland was like really good. Yeah, it really made it seem like it was going to be better than it was. I still think that movie is secret Kino. It's very underrated. I'm looking at another movie, and if if you say this one, I'm going to be pissed. Star Wars fans are fucking idiots. Who? What was what was everyone's picks again? So uh, to roll it down, Josh guessed Hercules, I guessed Onward, Alden guessed the Iron Giant, and Jory guessed the Incredibles. Awesome. All right, my number eight pick is 1968's The Beatles' Yellow Submarine. Fuck, dude, you are you are on acid. <laughs> you gotta be shitting me. I knew Yellow Submarine was gonna be on this list, but I didn't know when and how. Yeah, Yellow Submarine. That is. Everyone had their childhood movie, and that's mine. That is the one I watched as a kid. That's yours, Nick. Nick, you have to tell you have to tell us your dream about Yellow Submarine. Oh, what was it? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't remember. You were you were like locked in a movie theater 
thinking you were going to see Yellow Submarine. You're going to have to tell it. I don't remember. I, I thought this was like one of your best Facebook posts ever. Um, you you had a dream. You were going. They were re-releasing Yellow Submarine in theaters, and you were go. You were excited to see it in uh, on the big screen. You go in, and they shut the doors. I didn't silence my cell phone before recording. I'm a professional. <laughs> A certified jury moment. And so you're in the theater, the doors are locked, and you can't get out, and Paddington 2 starts playing on the screen, and you can't escape it. And then you woke up. It's just like the ending of Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> yeah, they died, They firebombed me with Paddington 2, lulled me into my se- into my safe of security with my number eight film. Yeah, I love, I love Beatles Yellow Submarine. My dad is a, a huge Beatles fan, and when I was a kid... That was pretty much the only band I listened to. And uh, I was just all in on Beatles. My dad and I would go to Beatles conventions in Chicago. Um, and I'm still a huge Beatles fan. They're not my favorite band anymore. But uh, Beatles Yellow Submarine, I, I love it. Last year, they released it on YouTube, like a sing-along version. And it was one of the best, like, sitting at home and watching a TV thing. Because it was during quarantine. I wasn't home. I was alone in my college town. And then I just got to watch my childhood movie for the first time in 10 years. And I knew all the lines. I knew everything. It was it was such a great experience. Out of curiosity, since we're talking about the Beatles, what's your favorite Beatles album? Oh, my favorite album is actually Rubber Soul. I was just going to say the same. Good. I'm glad. It's it's a uh, it's the transition period to me. Mm -hmm. It definitely is. It's very clear that Rubber Soul, they were trying to do new things, but still wanted to sound familiar. They had they hadn't yet decided to to fully go like crazy yet sergeant peppers yeah yeah rubber soul is probably my favorite as well revolver's a close second uh wait just to give a quick recap the only person to get one right is alden with jojo rabbit at number nine and uh the rest of the point differences are going to be very interesting based on if uh the big lebowski guardians country bears and glorious bastards uh hercules or the incredibles make it higher on this list at some point i did this in mind is nick allowed to say if any of those are on his list i mean he can but he doesn't have to um i think one or two of the movies that have been talked about have been on my list Ugh. <laughs> yeah also my my 40s movies list that i gave you guys uh it's made up of movies that are on my 86 top films list and movies that are on my least favorite films of all time list yeah i noticed a couple of these are ones you actively despise and i was like hold on a second <laughs> yeah so that's fun like i have you on the record saying one of these movies is absolute dog shit and it took me by surprise so uh I'm not guessing that one. <laughs> All righty. Is it time for my number seven hint? Yes. Yeah. Number seven. I guess Jojo Rabbit is a little bit this way, but number seven is a movie that I think is kind of a, a film bro movie. Not necessarily film bro, but just like, oh, of course, a filmmaker would have that on his movie. Whatever. It's like one of those kind of. After you talking about Spaceballs on your podcast, Nick, I'm surprised it ain't on here. I've actually, like, because I've never seen it all the way through. Eamon's the one that simps hard for that. Oh yeah, Eamon loves it. I love everything I've seen, but I feel like I can't include it on a list if I haven't watched it start to finish. Is Draft Day a film bro movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Grand Budapest Hotel is a, is a fine film bro pick. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Fuck, am I gonna agree with Alden? 
saying film bro always makes me want to look at like Tarantino's shit, but I also don't want to guess Inglorious Bastards here. Yeah. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say fucking go with my gut here. I'm guessing Whiplash. The film bro thing did turn me off a little bit, but then Nick said, like, of course, this is on somebody's top 10. I was kind of leaning towards Empire Strikes Back here. Is that a film bro movie, though? Kind of. Kind of, but it definitely would be a movie where somebody would go, of course, that's on your top 10. I mean, Empire is my favorite and most people's favorite Star Wars movie. So <clears throat> cringe. <laughs> not on not that cringe. It's one of the three acceptable answers. But guess what? It's not my answer, so therefore it's cringe. <laughs> I know I know you like solo, Jory. I really do. Solo is incredible. Solo, a country bears story. <laughs> so at the number seven spot, Josh guessed. No, 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 no. I was thinking about it. No, you you already said it. It's locked. No, I, I didn't even. What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess Josh didn't say Empire Strikes Back, even though he was confident enough in it for me to write it fucking down on a telephone. Get real. Jory Diplash. <laughs> Get real, Josh. Yes. I was about to say uh, uh, Blazing Saddles, which is definitely a comedy bro movie, not a film bro movie. So. Which I am a comedy bro. Yes, we do know this. I'm a, I'm a comedy shill. I'm going to go with Parasite, just because you were speaking fondly of it, and I think it's definitely a dude bro movie, film bro. Yeah, it's definitely getting to that point. I almost watched it yesterday. It's a little overrated, but it's a good movie. I mean, that's the thing with film bro movies, though. Like, most of them are good, but, like, the the level that people talk about. Yeah, it, Knives Out's also kind of a film bro movie, but for whatever reason, Twitter females also really like it. And now Netflix is paying $400 million for two sequels. Two sequels. The thing that kind of about that is uh, it's going to be two direct-to-Netflix sequels. and I Yeah, but the theater's dead. I'll be back. But they couldn't release it also in theaters? <laughs> Usually they do um, like limited releases in select cities so that they can qualify for the Academy Awards. Here is Toho. So we've got Whiplash and Parasite, two film bro movies of the last decade from Nate and Jory. Josh and Alden have to make their film bro game. All this incisiveness is unattractive. Uh, my number seven is going to be Catch Me If You Can. It is my personal Spielberg movie, and I know it's... Uh... Nick's favorite uh, Tom Hanks performance. Uh, I think this one could be a little bit of a film bro movie. I think this movie's kind of aging like a film bro movie where I've noticed it's gotten a lot of love by uh, by people lately. So I'm going to go with that. A lot of people have a Catch Me If You Can poster hanging up in their house in college. Yeah. Do they actually? Yeah. From the people I've been with, yeah. Can I get one? <laughs> <laughs> like, if you have an extra one or something, like, it doesn't have to be soon, but... Uh... You know. Well, Jeff Butcher just asked for my address. Maybe he's sending me one. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting Yoshi merch instead. Big Yoshi. Right. Uh, Alden, what are you guessing as your film bro movie at number seven? I feel like Baby Driver might be a little too mainstream to be film bro. So I, I think I'm... S I think that's how it works. I feel like that's, that's very film bro. I feel like that's kind of what film bro is, almost. Uh, okay, well, if that's film bro more so than... Did we just give Alden a point? Grand Budapest Motel. Motel? Motel? Grand Budapest doesn't have hotel in her vocabulary. The Grand Budapest Motel 6. <laughs> That'd be a good bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing Baby Driver. So the film bro round number seven guesses. We've got four different movies, surprisingly. We've got Josh's uh, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, catch me if you can. Alden's Baby Driver. 
and Jory Boston's very own directorial view whiplash. My my number seven pick of my favorite movies of all time is The Grand Budapest God, Hotel. No, Alden, you were so close. You almost got another point, another another lock. Thank God. <laughs> that would have been unstoppable. We are not do we're not looking good as a unit right now. Alden's the only person to get one right, and it was Jojo Rabbit. The only hope that Nate, Josh, and maybe Jory have is if you guys know my number one movie and Alden messes up. <laughs> that's true. That is the, that's the only hope that you guys have. All right. We're creeping into the top five, but right now we are at number six. Do we get a hint here? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'll, keep giving, I'll keep giving hints. Why not? Uh, my number six movie has uh, one of my favorite cast. Okay. The perfect cast. It's a goofy movie. Like an... Like an on, like an ensemble cast. So it's like Rear Window, right? Because he's wearing a cast in that movie. Oh, th- that's it, Jory. You got it. Uh, but no, not necessarily an ensemble cast. It could be, could not be. But it's just one of my favorite casts of a movie. Viva Rock Vegas? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Josh Gad? <laughs> yeah, wait. I don't see one Josh Gad movie here. Hold on. Sorry. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, Pixels. President Kevin James. <laughs> president kevin the james best, the best movie president okay i think i know what i'm gonna say here and it's a bit of a dice roll because at this point i feel like it's a little bit out of the money but at the same time six would be the last place i could see this movie harry potter and the chamber of secrets i'm gonna guess here it does have a classic cast i think you really just like john cleese as nearly headless nick <laughs> that is one of the best casting decisions of all time. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna lock that here at number six because I feel like you're not cringe enough to have a Harry Potter movie in your top five in 2021. <laughs> hey, you gotta you gotta remember, I like movies. I don't know. I feel like if the reason it's up here is because of the cast, I feel like we would see a different Harry Potter movie here. Well, the other Harry Potter movies don't have John Cleese. Only the first two. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I got no idea with this one. Draft Day with Kevin Costner. I was about to say draft day. <laughs> now that's a cast. <laughs> With Kevin Costner, P. Diddy, and Chadwick Boseman. I mean, if I've ever seen a cast before, that has one. That is a cast, yes. Th- that movie definitely has a cast. Nick, I really hope Baby Driver is in here. No, and not in this one particularly. It's a very problematic cast. I love... Yeah, the, the, <laughs> there's two of them that have been kicked off. Wait, who's the second one? John Hamm, but he's bouncing back. Oh, oh! I didn't hear anything about that. And also Ansel Elgort. Yeah, Ansel Elgort like deleted all his social media and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, there are three, I guess. Yeah, Jamie Foxx is in the clear for now. <laughs> you know what? I I don't even care anymore. I'm guessing Sausage Party. I mean, there's a classic cast in that. You can. Yo, Edward Norton. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Knives Out. Yeah, I feel like Nick likes a lot of people in that movie. I do too. I might also pick Knives Out. Knives Out is a really good cast. It was it was one of those movies that um, my my buddy kind of like dragged me to because I wasn't sure what to expect, and I really liked it when I saw it. Yeah, I actually kind of like Sausage Party too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Nate. What? You don't know me? Who are you? All right. So Josh guessed Knives Out. Alden guessed Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secret. Alden also guessed Knives Out, and Jory guessed Sausage Party. what movie has a great cast all right well josh almost got the chance to to come back because my number six is knives out oh alden has gotten three officially two almost three oh because he almost got seven that's right 
right, that's right. So I'm right behind Alden. There we go. Uh, why do you love Knives Out so much, Nick? Knives Out, I, I've been a big fan of mystery uh, for a while. I know that um, there's a book called The Westing Game in uh, that I, I read that, and it was the first book that I was like, this might be my favorite book. Like, I'd never thought that about a book before, and I haven't since because I don't read anymore. Ayo. Um, <laughs> who has time to read? Uh, that, ex- that explains the MCU video. I called it. I really like uh, Knives Out. I like that the, I mean, it's the whole point of the movie is that the mystery keeps unraveling when you think you figured it out, but I just thought it was so well-written that I was campaigning for it to win best screenplay at the Oscars. Sorry. Because I was just like, I was like, if anything, it's like the actor, whatever, best picture, obviously not like that kind of stuff. But I was like, screenplay, it was such a tight script that upon rewatches, it's still just such like the, the mystery is so, so wound up. And even if you guess who it is, you still don't know how. And I just really appreciate that about the movie. Yeah, it's definitely got a better twist than Murder on the Orient Express. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The only thing that would have made Knives Out better is if Josh Gad was in it. Wait, you said if Josh Gad played Lakeith Stanfield's character? How dare you? How dare you? No, no. It's pretty problematic of you, Nick. Mike, Josh Gad played Michael Shannon's character. That's all that... Hannah, <laughs> <laughs> dinner! You want to eat? That would have been really weird. <laughs> it would have been so weird. He's hobbling around with his cane, practicing to be the penguin in the new Batman movie. No, thank God they casted Colin Farrell. They should have cast Richard Kind. It looks exactly like Richard Kind. <laughs> True, it really does. <laughs> Throw up a picture of Richard Kind and Colin Farrell in the uh, the new movie. Why didn't they just go with Richard Kind? In all honesty, I don't know. They they just they went out of their way and spent so much on makeup just to make Colin Farrell look like Richard Kind. Almost as much makeup as they they took uh, Johnny Depp to look like Colin Farrell in Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> yeah, how'd they do that? I don't know. It's really crazy. We're halfway through this. Alden is in the lead with two out of five correct. Josh is in second place with one out of five correct. And Jory and I are fighting for last place. All right. The top five. What's our what's our little tease here? What's our hint? Hmm. I'm trying to think of a good hint because now we're in the top five. It's now now it's a little bit more. Uh... Yeah, now it's a little bit more draft day oriented. <laughs> right. Now it's a little bit more Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> we're guessing Nicholas Roman's top ten Kevin Costner performances. Number one is uh, Man of Steel. My number five is uh, another one of my uh, childhood movies that. After rewatching it in college, I realized that it has maintained being one of my favorite movies. And it's oh, no. I'm going to guess the movie that ran so it could walk, the Muppet movie. At number five, I think that movie has aged extremely well. And I also rewatched it in college, and it's Kino. Jim Henson Company knows how to make movies. Speaking of Jim Henson Company, I'm going to guess The Dark Crystal. Another classic. I feel like both of those movies are... <laughs> Too low, surprisingly. I think those two are in this top four. Like, I was trying to figure out the top four in my head. I think this is where the Country Bears are. Did I ever tell you guys about my idea for a Country Bears prequel series? <laughs> no, but I want to hear it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's like, I don't have much of a plot down. But I just think that you can't continue after the first Country Bears. It wraps up the story so nice. There's nothing you could do to continue. But I want it to be a, a series. It's like Return of the King. Yeah. <laughs> I, I 
I want the Country Bears prequel series to just be about them in their heyday in the 80s. And it's just like it's like a spinal tap, but with the Country Bears. Okay. Is it a mockumentary? Um, yeah, I think so. It could be like a little like following them, you know, because that's where you get the drama. You can't have them break up again after the first movie because that's the whole point. And it would be annoying if they got back together again, again. So maybe you see them kind of breaking up and it leading into the the original movie. Who knows? Yeah, I really want to see the uh, one of the bears inject heroin. The downfall of Country Bear Hall. Yeah, I think Jeff Tremaine should direct it. <laughs> yes. Or me. Or Nicholas Orman. The Jeff Tremaine of the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's what That was my nickname in high school. That's what they always called me. No, they just called you a jackass. <laughs> oh, you're right, you're right. Same thing, pretty much. All right, Alden, what are you guessing here at number five? A childhood classic as well that when he rewatched in college touched him emotionally i feel like i have already thrown out my first pick but i'm going to say who framed roger rabbit that is that is classic do you think i have two rabbit movies on my top 10 <laughs> i'm gonna really question your furry tendencies if you do well they can't be as bad as nate's hey what the fuck <laughs> who, framed... <laughs> <laughs> who framed roger rabbit is a pinnacle of of cinema it is a like it is a bookmark in the ever-growing collection of of movies. Yeah, it's the second best live-action CG hybrid. <laughs> Besides Looney Tunes back in action? Yes. Yes. I, I completely almost agree. <laughs> <laughs> I completely... <laughs> I was like, how, how far do I commit to that? I'm going to say it. Looney Tunes back in action is the second best Austin Powers movie. Oh my god. <laughs> That, you know, that might be the case. I need to think about it more. I need to watch all four movies. It goes to Spy Who Shacked Me. <laughs> Back in action. International Man of Mystery, then Goldmember. All right. So Josh guessed The Country Bears. I guessed The Muppet Movie. Alden guessed Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And Jory guessed Dark Crystal. All right. My number five movie of all time is Brad Bird's The Iron Giant. Whoa. What? Yeah, Alden already guessed it. Yeah, I was like, Alden already ah. guessed it. How high is the Country Bears on this list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest thing stopping me from saying the Country Bears was that he said that he only recently rewatched it. Right, I've watched the Country Bears all the time. <laughs> I, I used to own the Country Bears on VHS, and I actually just found my VHS the other day. Um, but then when I got Disney+, Plus, or when my house got Disney+, Plus, I put on country bears and i was like oh hell yeah so it, it was actually it was kind of recently and i i invited people over to the house like a bunch of my college friends were like we're watching the country bears tonight fellas fellas <laughs> i had a great rewatch of uh cat in the hat in that same kind of setting and a bunch of college friends and perhaps a little bit of marijuana i was black i was blacked out in a pool and cat in the hat was playing on a tv above the pool <laughs> What? <laughs> this is Josh's Sunset Boulevard moment. <laughs> Isn't this how Josh saw Moana? <laughs> how many movies do you see blacked out in a pool, Josh? Apparently more than I think. <laughs> well, you're blacked out. You wouldn't remember. I remember it was Hail Caesar and Cat in the Hat back to back. Oh my god. I watched, I watched Hail Caesar 
I watched Hail Caesar for the first time like a month ago. The only thing that's alarming is Hail Caesar is still the only Coen Brothers movie that Josh has seen to this date. Oh, what the hell, Josh? Actually, he's watching about half of Inside Lewin Davis. It was really good. I got to finish it. I remember him chasing a cat. Yes. We are creeping into the top four. I think Alden's in the lead. He has. Do you yeah. think? He's got, he's got two locks and one. One drop three. So, yeah, he's definitely winning. Josh is in second, and Jory and I are still pointless. <laughs> you guys are pointless. Yep. Top four. It's getting it's getting intense, guys. How are you feeling? I'm kind of scared that I'm not going to get a single one right. I'm pissed. I'm content. Yeah, Alden should be at four, realistically. Yeah, you were so close, Alden. You, you talked yourself out of it. <sighs> I'd be at three if I didn't do that. We have talked about a film from this director already today. Hmm. I am going to guess The Incredibles here at number four. Um, we just placed Iron Giant at five. We That's two Brad Bird movies. Um, I, I feel like the fact that it's your favorite Pixar movie makes sense for it to be in the top four favorite movies. I'm just going to say The Incredibles outright. I'm not seeing that many repeat directors on this list. And the one that I am seeing, I kind of don't want to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> What 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 do you right now? Based on that hint, the only option that I'm looking at now is like La La Land, <laughs> and I really just hope it's not true. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, that makes a lot of sense. I'm guessing La La Land. I'm now guessing La La Land. Yeah, because I'm looking through here for movies by the same director, and I'm looking at like big ones. Like there's there's only one Edgar Wright movie on here. There's only one Wes Anderson, one Coen Brothers, like. The two movies I want to say I think are in his top three. So I'm going to stick with La La Land. Fuck it. Yeah, I think there's only one John Landis movie in here, unless he really shilled and did Blues Brothers 2000, which would be really pathetic. He did do Blues Brothers 2000. That's his worst movie, then, because I've seen a lot of John Landis's films. I don't know, man. I might like it. I mean, I kind of like it, too, but it's definitely his worst movie. I might like it. It's on my list of 40. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. American Werewolf in London, Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Coming to America, Animal House. The worst part of Twilight Zone, the movie. <laughs> yeah, the part where those people died. The Kentucky Fried movie, Three Amigos. This dude's untouchable. And then it's like Blues Brothers 2000 and Spies Like Us. Yo, dude, Blues Brothers 2000 could be my favorite movie of all time. Hey, Nate. Did I already guess The Incredibles? You did not. You guessed the Iron Giant. I, I feel like he's going to say La La Land, but I want to pick The Incredibles in hopes for a better future. Yeah, I'd probably be picking The Incredibles if I didn't already pick it. So we've got two for The Incredibles and me and Alden and two for La La Land and Josh and Jory. Nick, what is your fourth favorite movie of all time? My fourth favorite movie of all time is baby driver and i tricked you guys with my with my hint i couldn't have even i couldn't have even picked it you couldn't have yeah so jory was was really focused in on my hint of a movie that we've talked about the director before but we've talked about that movie true but yeah baby driver i uh i actually knew about this movie a while ago because i had a friend whose cousin was working on it <laughs> and um, there was, I was like in choir with this, with this guy. And he was like, Hey, do you like Edgar Wright? 
I was like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, I enjoy his movies. And he was like, my cousin is working on a new Edgar Wright movie. And it's about a guy who listens to music and all action around him is set to that music. It's a remake of Drive. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And then, then it was coming out. But I really, I really enjoyed, I, I feel like Baby Driver is the type of movie that I would attempt to make and fail. I think that Baby Driver is the best movie to be filmed in uh, Atlanta, Georgia so far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. I don't think there's going to be an MCU movie in his top 10. Right. I was looking at my, my top four and I'm like, I'm pretty sure Baby Driver is the only one <laughs> filmed in Atlanta in my top four. All right. So no Guardians 2. You guys already guessed it all. So it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> well, I did, but I don't think it did other people. Josh did, yeah. I love Baby Driver. I uh, I think it's probably my favorite Edgar Wright movie, which is a hot take, I think. But I think it's mine as well. Certainly, is most accessible. I think I like The World's End more. I was about to say, Jory, let's say it together: The World's End. I definitely have the Normie pick because I like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, all five of his movies are five of the best comedies of the two thousands and two thousand tens. Right, Baby Driver is on my list of greatest film openings of all time. Um, when I, when I saw the, the opening chase in theaters, I was just like awestruck when the, when the title came up on screen, cause I wasn't expecting the movie to be so like intricate in the first six minutes of the film. And it really, it hooked me and I was in for the rest of it. And it, it's still to this day, like sometimes I just watch the first six minutes <laughs> when I, when I have time. Cause it's just, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I like the soundtrack a lot. It is super well incorporated. And there's a couple deep cuts on there that are like not something you'd see in like a Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. And Baby Driver by uh, Simon and Garfunkel is one of my favorite songs, too. Yeah, it's a good end credit song. Sweet. We have the top three left. What is your hint for no number three, Nick? I'm trying to think of a, of a hint because... Um... A lot of the hints I could give to this one. That, that'll be my hint. A lot of the hints I could give to this one, I've given as other hints. Okay. The Country Bears. I wish I could use it. You're going to veto his number three? <laughs> 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 so it's something we've, some people have already guessed as hints? No, he's saying that the, get, the hints that he's given before could also be applied to this one. Now I'm quizzing on you if you guys remember the hints I gave. But I'm also just like not paying attention to the hint anymore. This is his number three. This is probably where I'll put the Muppets movie because I think I know what his number one is. And I feel like his number one and the Muppets movie have kind of the same uh, energy. And I don't think he wants them putting next to each other because I think there's another movie that's in the middle there at his number two. I would also say Country Bear has that same energy. You're you're right. Um, I'm going to guess Borat here. <laughs> <laughs> I love Borat so much. Borat's great. Like I, I watched it for the first time this year as well. Wow. And yeah, I was surprised I had never seen it before. It's one of those movies that as soon as you see it, you regret not seeing it earlier. For me, when I saw it, I just had like flashbacks to when it first came out and like when I obviously was too young to see it. And I was like, oh, so that's why my cousins were talking like that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. And I was like, I understand all of my life. I think this might have been one of the first R-rated comedies I ever saw. <laughs>
What a, what a choice. Nate watching Borat tries to turn on SpongeBob. What are you doing, Nate? <laughs> yeah, I was definitely watching it with my older sister. Like, I wasn't supposed to be watching it. And I was also too young and naive to understand that it was, like, parody. So I thought it was, like, a real documentary. And I was like, this guy's crazy. Well, listen, mo I'd say half of the fan base of Borat is too naive to realize it's making fun of the people it's making fun of. That's also true. That's that's one of the things that's so interesting about Borat is half of the uh, half the people who love it are people who really like appreciate its commentary, and the other half of people who love it are people who identify with Borat. Yeah, and then it's a mid it's a midwit filter. And then the uh, nuance of that is completely gone in the sequel, which is not going to age well at all. I think already post twenty twenty election, it's already hasn't. Yeah, the moment. The moment it came out, it was dated. Like, it was cool. I really liked Borat's subsequent movie film. I'm happy that it's the movie with the longest title ever nominated for an Academy Award. I think it's funny. I think it's a really funny movie, but it's uh, it's unfortunately time-stamped to the year 2020 indefinitely. Are you guys are you guys ready for a hot take? Um, I'm ready for Alden to guess his number three, but yes, what's your hot take? My hot take is that I think uh, Borat 2 should be nominated for Best Picture. That is a hot take. Whoa. Okay. Anyway, Alden, what's your guess? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. I'm gonna pick The Incredibles. I haven't picked that right. No, you guessed that last round. Man, that's why it was hot on my mind. Okay. Then I'm picking the Muppet movie. Nice. So what is it, Nick? All right. My number three favorite movie of all time is Whiplash. Whoa. Yeah. Uh I'm not going to say anything. You got that with a negative four uh, deviant or whatever, Jory, so congrats. And Josh also guessed it. At... Yeah, didn't I? Yeah, Josh got it with a negative seven deviation. Whiplash uh, Whiplash blew me away when I first saw it. It was, it was one of those movies that I saw around the time where I was deciding to make movies. So I feel like a lot of those types of movies stuck with me more and and solidify themselves in my like in my my mind so nick that same year this movie birdman came out i don't know if you heard of heard about it <laughs> Dude, why that one over because i when i think of whiplash i instantly think of those two as the constant debate of what the best movie was that year well grand budapest also came out that year yeah it did 2014 was one of the best years for cinema in my lifetime yeah and especially because it was so it was at such a uh an interesting moment in my what would end up being my career you know so that's i think that's why a lot of those movies are there birdman is on my list of of 86 favorite movies i just didn't include it on the on the 40 movie list yeah i like that whiplash is as self-contained as it is uh the fact that it was funded based off of the success of his short uh which i mean he wrote the feature first and then scaled it down to a short which is really cool um, I hope Damien Chazelle has a career. I hope, I hope so too. Like, I think Whiplash is a really good movie. The only scene that I generally don't like is the car crash scene. Yes, I can. Yeah, that it's a shark jump. I'm a. I I do like jazz, as mentioned earlier, and I'm also a drummer. So that's another reason that Whiplash uh, stuck with me. I guess. Should did my Nick research. Starring Rain Wilson and Josh Gad is on your list. The the rocker. I used to. I watched that when I was a kid. <laughs> Yeah, you saw Josh Gad on screen, you're like, oh my god. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. that's the that's the greatest actor of all time. Wait a second. <laughs> the last great actor. The last great actor is in this movie. I can just tell. But yeah, I was I was also in the um the Indianapolis Children's Choir for nine years of my life. So I'm used to that kind of uh like competitive and professional aspect as well. So I think there's just a lot of things about Whiplash that that like spoke to me in different different aspects of the film it's a phenomenal performance by jk simmons he also had one of the best oscar speeches of recent time too and what what an amazing first outing as a director and writer like it's it's really a standout yeah first man well he had la la land in between there he nearly won best picture that's true but then he made first man someone spilled their beans during first man Somebody spilled their beans and while Whitey's on the moon. Bro, I woke up this morning like with COVID and Alyssa's like, you should probably rest. And I said, no, I have too much to do. <laughs> I have a podcast to record. I can't miss two weeks in a row. Bro, it did not feel good. Like I stood up and I was like off balance. I could feel my inner ears ringing. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> just got hit with a flashbang. Basically. <laughs> How's everything taste? Um, I'm still tasting stuff. So I'm glad about that. But I am going to have to get a test pretty soon. Yeah. I had friends that recovered from it and they still can't taste. I would rather permanently lose my sense of smell than taste. Yeah. I would rather be a Dewey Cox and walk hard. Isn't your isn't your scent connected to your taste though? So if you lost your scent, it like amplifies it, but you can still taste without smelling. Yeah, they're both on your tongue. It would just be like it like a uh, taste without smelling is boneless taste. Yo, I went to uh, yesterday. I got up early and I went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to Permani Brothers and got these Korean barbecue wings that they have. And you infected everyone at Primanti Bros, yeah? No, I just infected the two waitresses that wouldn't come out to my car and give me my wings, even though I was waiting there for 20 minutes and it says drive off. And then I went inside and they were like, next time, just like call us. And I was like, it, it has a thing on the app that you should know that I'm here, but okay, I'm not coming back. Enjoy your COVID. <laughs> That's what you get. You get what you fucking deserve. <coughs> <coughs> All right, now that Jory's microphone with covid we are moving into the top two here I, I don't even know if we need hints at this point it's it's kind of it's kind of tragic i've already guessed what i think is number two am i lost here can i get a hint from some of the guessees what did i just guess last round alden what did you also just guess last round alden all right so i'm guessing the muppets movie oh uh, fuck it harry potter and the chamber of secrets <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> Should I pick Cats or Chicago? Chicago, is that what you said? Yeah, Cats or Chicago. Chicago. Chicago is my favorite um, my favorite uh, musical to movie adaptation. That's shit. You haven't seen Hairspray? I've seen it. It's my number two. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about um, Jersey Boys? <laughs> <laughs> Jersey Boys is my favorite musical and not my favorite movie. I see. I was confused for a second. <laughs> That's very interesting. It's my favorite. I've seen it on Broadway. It's my favorite musical, but I do not enjoy the adaptation of it. I agree. I I halfway agree. It is my favorite musical I've seen on Broadway too. 
Yikes. Hey, Jersey Boys isn't that bad. I said, Tommy, what are you doing? The toilet's right there. He said this was closer. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Jersey Boys is a Vegas equivalent of a Broadway musical, but that's okay. I'm not here to be a theater snob. I'm here to um, wrongly guess Nick's top 10 favorite movies of all time. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, someone who doesn't care about theater whatsoever. I think Jersey Boys is pretty good. Yeah, same. I, th- I think it's interesting to note that Crash 2005 isn't on your list of 40 movies. Because that's what I think your number two of all time is. Well, feel free to guess it, I guess. And also, Crash came out in 2004. Whatever. I'm surprised nobody has talked about Cats yet. I, I mentioned it, but it's not been talked about. It's the highest rated movie I have on my Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the only ironic rating I've ever given a movie, and it's five out of five stars. See, I don't remember if I gave Cats a five or a, or a half. I think you probably gave it a five, knowing you. I gave it a five. I gave it a five. I, I just checked. I gave it a five. I think my my review of it was just something like, wow, I hate this as much as I love it. I've already guessed the movie that I think is here. I honestly believe that this would be a great spot for draft day. <laughs> your, number two, your number two draft pick. My number two movie is Draft Day. So Josh has guessed Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Nate has guessed Draft Day. And Jory guessed the Muppet movie. Alden, what are you guessing at number two? Bro, I don't know. Cats, I guess. Cats 2019. Nick, what is your second favorite movie of all time? I am so excited to to hear your guys' thoughts on my number two favorite movie of all time, which is La La Land. (sighs) I was like looking at it as you as you gave that intro. Did we just get bazinga? You guys got bazinga, man. Did we just get bazinga? Two rounds in a row? We got shazelled. I, I definitely respect Whiplash 3 for the reasons you have given. Why the fuck is La La Land your number two? <laughs> right, so La La Land, um, again, it's a, a, a movie with music, but um, it is another one of those movies that regardless of like, it, like, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, Nate, they're not necessarily the best movies of all time, but it's the ones that are at least significant to me. And and La La Land is one of those movies that uh, my theatrical experience of it was one of the the best experiences I've had in a theater. Where I went with 20 people from my college comedy show. And um, that was my freshman year. So I was still that kid that's like trying really hard to fit in with these group of friends that I've just kind of joined. Um, and it was just, I, I really enjoy the music for one. I, I love the music in this movie. And um, it really felt, I, I guess, poignant at that point in my life because I had just become a college student for film. And despite everyone saying, hey, don't do that. Like, you know, you know I mean, a lot of uh, people who go into creative fields get people telling them not to do it. Um, and luckily, our generation is pretty much like, hey, uh, F off. I'm going to do it anyway, which which that's good. But um, I don't know. Th- it was something about it just hit right in the moment that I saw it. And then me and 20 comedy filmmakers stood in the lobby of AMC and talked about it for like an hour and a half afterwards. And it was just 
yeah, it's just kind of one of those things that like it sounds wholesome. Regardless of the movie, it's going to be something that I can always watch and always look back on because I enjoy the experience I had with the movie. Yeah, that's way better. I saw it after a shift at the movie theater with like the other people that were working concession stand with me. I was like, you guys want to go see La La Land? They're like, sure. I liked it. I liked the first hour of the movie a lot. I really do. I like how it's like modern L.A., but old time movie musical and the songs, the music. The choreography, all of it's a lot of fun. I like the relationship at the beginning and the chemistry's there, but that's about it. It's one of those comfort movies for me. And then I, I love uh, Ryan Gosling's Incredible in the film. And I, the ending was one of the reasons that solidified it for me. Not that I necessarily liked it, but that I was just shocked that I had not seen a movie, at least I had not seen a movie in theaters that just bamboozled me and my mind as much as that movie had at that point. It was just such a surprising last like seven minutes of the film that it really stuck with me. Yeah. I think unfortunately for me, it's kind of the same boat as a uh, whiplash where it's like, yeah, I enjoyed both of these movies a lot, but a lot of the people that I went to film school with refused to let that be enough and now my opinion of them has gotten lower than it was when i originally saw them right right i see that's why like i i dislike when when people take what is supposed to be personal rankings of stuff and shoehorn them on other people like and, and that's one of the reasons why i had initially thought this was a fun like like uh concept for a video guessing people's favorite movies because there's that stigma of like well I don't know. It's just uh, a lot of people like to push their favorite movies onto other people and tell them that it should also be theirs. So I, I completely agree. I've had so many people who, who have talked about La La Land and I just don't like why they like it. <laughs> I, I guess I like it for different reasons than a lot of people do. Yeah, my favorite scene is uh, the John Legend musical number. Oh, that is one of the things that's so interesting about that is they gave the villain the best song did they is he the villain i would say he's the, i would say he's well he's the antagonist in that moment he's, yeah he like goes against conceptually what ryan gosling believes jazz should be and he's the reason why he like gets frustrated with it and like starts falling out of love with his dream causing them to have their fight and break up right it, it is the like the catalyst for the conflict sounds like ryan gosling's the villain well yeah but i just mean like i think that that scene is the catalyst for everything that falls apart because there wasn't a problem with with she didn't have a problem with him being in the band until she saw it and that's when like the whole the whole conflict starts from that song yeah i i he's not the villain but i think that he is like there is no villain but if there is one, it's probably john legend yeah he's the he's he's the the representation of the antithesis of their dream he represents everything that's wrong with pop music today. Yes. In the movie and in real life. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think that's that's my favorite part of the movie. You have a take about John Legend being good outside of the movie, Jory? I mean, I think he's fine. I don't really have a strong feeling whatsoever. I don't either. I just really hate Chrissy Teigen. Based. <laughs> all right, moving on to the number one. Nicholas Roman's favorite movie of all time. Do we want to say it in unison, or are we going to get bamboozled again and it's actually First Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all, all three Damien Chazelle movies. <laughs> all three of them. What a trilogy. 
I think this is the only one I'm going to get right. I think so too, Nate. I'm going to lock Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Boo Boys. Greece. Is Alden going to throw away his lead? Is Alden going to guess Blues Brothers 2000? I am guessing Blues Brothers 2000. Hey, Nick, what is your opinion on Greece? Was this on your worst list or your best list on your letterbox? <laughs> Greece is on my least favorite films of all time list. Damn. Damn. But La La Land's your number two? I liked, I liked Greece when I was a kid. I hate it more and more every time I hear someone mention its name. Well, listen, I love Frankie Valli. That's the, best, that's the best part of the movie, and it's not even in the musical. Um, what's your take on Grease 2? Grease 2, listen, the, the most fun I have in Grease 2 is, is that one actor who is still in it and is way older than he was in the first one. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was too old in the first one. He's even more too old in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about Grease 2. I, I like uh, the bowling song, We're Gonna Score Tonight. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Very good. Probably the best scene out of both Grease movies, in my opinion. Yeah. It might be the case. I feel like I don't remember Grease 2 that much. It's not very memorable, but the first one... I mean, I don't know how you can't like the first Grease just for the music alone, but we're getting beside ourselves. I like I like You're the One That I Want. So Josh guessed Blues Brothers. Nate guessed Blues Brothers. Alden also guessed Blues Brothers. Jory, what are you guessing here at number one? I also guessed Blues Brothers. Blues Clues. Um, blue, but I need not. Nick, is your favorite movie of all time First Man? My favorite movie of all time is The Country... No, it's The Blues Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> it is The Blues Brothers. I, I will say part of the reason I love the Muppet movie and The Country Bears so much is because those movies are The Blues Brothers. That's very valid. I, I uh, Blues Brothers created the genre of getting the band back together movies. And um, that is just... When I watched that movie for the first time as a kid, um, nothing had ever stuck with me more. And I've always wanted to like play Elwood in a in a movie or something. I I can't even like describe all the ways that this movie has influenced me. And uh, I, I it's probably going to continue influencing me for the rest of my life. I think it's one of the biggest proponents of they don't make movies like they used to. It's not a super incredibly high budget, but you look at how they spent their money. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it had the biggest car pile up of all time ever put to film with the police chase at the finale. It's got a huge action set piece at the climax of the movie. It's got incredible musical guests. They had part of their budget dedicated to cocaine use. Like they simply will never make a movie like Blues Brothers ever again. Right. And I'm I'm not a huge uh, advocate of the they don't make movies like they used to thing because I feel like that's the nature of film. But in the case of the Blues Brothers, that's just it's just absolutely the the way to look at it. I, I think that Blues Brothers was is in this interesting place in society where it is regarded as one of the greatest comedies of all time and yet a lot of people haven't seen it but it was also extremely popular it's like it's in this weird limbo of movies i agree i think it's in the same kind of boat as uh the other john landis movie that we talked about relatively recently uh, coming to america before it got this sequel i feel like it was one of those that was very overlooked by our generation and maybe even millennials too right yeah like people had heard of it but not a lot of people had seen it and yeah i don't know the blues brothers Everything about it is is what I want to make and what I want to see in a movie. Um, 
I'm not saying it's a factor in me moving to Chicago, but me moving to Chicago, I'm very excited to be living in the city that the Blues Brothers takes place in. Yeah, I think Don Landis is just simply one of the best directors of all time that is completely forgotten about. I mean, American Werewolf in London, he did the Thriller music video, like truly a pioneer of like practical effects and like big budget movies uh, for its time, which would now be mid budget movies. <laughs> right. And, and and something else that's really interesting too about about the way the Blues Brothers works is uh, Dan Aykroyd had never written a movie before, and he wrote it with John Landis. But I've seen some of like that you can find like pictures of the original script and stuff online, and it's it's just like unintelligible. Like Three hundred pages. Yeah, it's unintelligible as a script because Dan Aykroyd just wrote whatever he wanted to do, and then they did it, and then that man went on to write Ghostbusters with Harold Ramis, and and his right and like his first two movies are just so iconic and then he goes on to make blues brothers 2000 and ghostbusters 2 there's something that i've never seen done again in blues brothers and just the heart and the comedy and it is if i i feel like aside from already knowing that it's my favorite film like like some of you guys did it is very if, if people sat down to think about it, they could guess that it was my favorite film because of the type of thing I make. It just feels like the Blues Brothers truly like ingrained in every everything I create and everything I do. So, yeah. I'm calculating the scores now. Does anyone have any questions for Nicholas Orman? <clears throat> yeah. Speaking of Dan Aykroyd, have you had his vodka? I have not. I actually, uh, I have my roommate uh, had a crystal skull in his room all of uh, senior year. And uh, he tried some at the end. I actually don't drink, so I didn't try it. I probably should have tried it just to say I tried it, but... It's one of the best that I've ever had. Yeah, I agree. That's really interesting. I mean, it's... Uh, that's what he was saying. He, he was really impressed by it. Yeah, I was surprised. Like, genuinely surprised. I mean, he's crazy. Dan Aykroyd is insane. I love that he actually believes in, like, UFOs and shit, though. Like, he's... Yeah, and he's, like, he's not hesitant about that at all but yeah now he and jim belushi have a blues brothers weed company like blues brothers brand weed i'm pretty sure oh, damn am i gonna get into pot again <laughs> <laughs> just so you can have the blues brothers strain yeah it's the promise of the blues brothers brand for cannabis <laughs> i can't wait to see the john tron video about that <laughs> <laughs> on a mission from god blues brothers weed brand <laughs> wow yeah, and they dressed up in costume to, like, promote the, the weed. Imagine dressing up as your dead brother. Right. Well, he's technically a different character because they went on tour and blah, 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 blah. And he played Zed. Zed Blues. Gotcha. They John goodman him. So when I was a kid, um, I think I saw <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000 first when I was, like, four or five years old. And for a while... For a while, I thought it was the only movie that existed under the Blues Brothers brand um, until probably like middle school, high school. Like it was just one of those movies that I saw when I was a kid and never like revisited or thought of it until. Which is understandable. I guess in defense of that, like just ignoring the 2000 part was pretty easy considering everything had 2000 in its name at the time. The only other Blues Brothers thing I would remember when I was younger was the Drake and Josh reference episode. One of the greatest days of my life is when I was watching Drake and Josh and they come out as the Blues Brothers. And I was like, Dad, 
Dad, it's the Blues Brothers look. <laughs> that is one of the best episodes of that show. It's it's just an instant classic. So coming in at last place with a collective score of negative 90 in guessing Nick's favorite movies is me. <laughs> <laughs> then Jory with negative 76. Hell yeah. Then Josh with, get ready to say nice, everybody, negative 69. Nice. And then Alden won with a score of negative 56. The, the movies that I had on my 40s that are in my least favorite films of all time, uh, we got... The Flintstones, Viva Rock Vegas, uh, Sausage Party, Blues Brothers 2000, and Grease. Yeah, I knew Grease was, uh, was one of those. Yeah, yeah. The movies I included on that. Draft Day was a last-minute ad. The part where Kevin Costner holds his finger up in the trailer. Josh posted a, a picture of Draft Day and said, is this your number one? And I said, no spoilers. And then I put it at the top of the list. I'm, uh, I'm excited for your Draft Day letterbox review after you watch it. Right, yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> I definitely didn't guess it as your second favorite movie of all time. I know, when Nate said that, I was like, okay, bud. Yeah, Nate, how does it feel that you got my favorite movie of all time and you didn't guess a single other top 10? Um, You know, I really, really, really thought that the Muppet movie and the Country Bears movie were going to make appearances in this top 10. I didn't think they'd be that high. Um, And once neither one of them was on there, I was kind of like, this whole thing's a wash. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't feel great. I'm surprised that you had two Damien Chazelle movies in your top three. I think it's very bold. I was also surprised that there were like actual like movies in your bottom five. Like I was not expecting, say, your Grand Budapest Hotel or your Jojo Rabbit or your Sing Street uh, to be there. But honestly, I I think that this is a solid top 10 movies. I think these are all 10 extremely watchable and rewatchable movies, except maybe La La Land. (laughs) (laughs) The Yellow Submarine is like the fact that that filled the space. The spot that I thought like a Muppets movie would is awesome. I I think it's cool. You grew up with that movie. It's a great, great watch. I saw it for the first time when I was like 10 or 11 and fell in love with it. Watched it all the time for a little while. Solid list. Solid list. Thank you. Yeah, I I guess something to think about. I think, Nate, you were thinking about like top five and bottom five. But I have a list of 86 top films. So really, it's just the top 10, and then my bottom five would be different. Gotcha. Do you guys want to, you guys have any questions? Like, uh, pick a pick a movie off the list and ask me where it is on my list. Where's Speed Racer? Speed Racer is uh, number 47. I'm afraid, I'm afraid to ask, where is uh, Spider-Man Far From Home? Spider-Man Far From Home is actually not. I put that on there just because of the, the MCU <laughs> ranking movie. All right, based. Yeah. It's I don't like Spider-Man Far From Home as much as it seems in that video. <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous that it was that low, but I don't I don't love that movie. Um, how about Monty Python and the Holy Grail in relation to Blazing Saddles? Oh, interesting. Blazing Saddles is number 16 on my list and Monty Python Holy Grail is number 30. Because I, I feel like those two are like the two comedies that kind of defined my sense of humor, but I lean way more toward Blazing Saddles than I do monty python and i feel like your sense of humor leans a lot more toward monty python so i think if i had a list this big blazing saddles would be in my top 10 and i don't know if monty python would even make my top 80 but i love both yeah i think both of those influenced me when like if i had made this list 
in like 2014, they would be right next to each other. Um, but I think I've just I've seen a lot of films since then and rewatched a lot of movies and they've kind of like separated them over time. Like Borat is one that's in between those and Young Frankenstein is something that's in between those because I've like kind of and the Muppet movies in between those Muppet movies number 19. So I've kind of I've kind of uh, yeah, I don't know, just just uh, slowly separated them as I add more movies to the list. Cool. And I, I think it's noteworthy that you have the Ruddles, all you need is cash, but no, this is Spinal Tap anywhere in this 40 list. Ruddles, uh, Ruddles is my number 69. Nice. If we want, we could put my uh, my letterboxed top 10, top fills ranked in the description if people want to check it out and get angry. Hell yeah, I'll do that. We'll also link the So Far So Good uh, YouTube channel, of course. Solid podcast, a monthly podcast, but also, uh, yeah. can you explain the format of your channel? Because every time I try, I sound like an idiot, but it's, it's, it's mind-blowingly amazing. Like, it's, it's made for long-form long engagement. It's next-level shit. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you really like it. Uh, we, so we were in college, and we did a, a comedy show that um, was kind of like a, uh, a mixture between SNL and The Tonight Show, where it has this talk show format, and we'd have guests but we also have like a bunch of digital shorts. Um, and when, when we were thinking about what we wanted to do for our uh, show, I realized one, we wouldn't be able to make as much content as we did in college. Cause we we're going to be working and having other things. And um, in addition to that, we have people all around the country. We have a group of people in New York, group of people in Chicago, group of people in Indianapolis, group of people in LA, Atlanta, that kind of thing. And they're all making videos within their own pods. So every second Friday of the month is the show that me and my buddy Eamon host called the So Far So Good Show with Nick and Eamon. And it is a uh, scripted talk show format, kind of. Uh, we, we kind of play with the format of a talk show. And, and we have guests, sometimes real guests, most of the time fake guests on the show. Um, and we, we try not to have many digital shorts besides like recurring segments. And uh, the last Friday of every month is a comedy news show called Past Due with Connor Sink, which is my uh, my buddy who lives in New York. Uh, on every other Friday of the month, we release a digital short or a sketch. Um, that way, instead of instead of including it in the show that we do, we have it on, as its own separate thing. And um, also every Tuesday after the So Far So Good show with Nick and Eamon, we release the So Far So Good podcast. So we're we're trying to take the content that we can make and make sure that we have something consistently coming out every week. And, and that was kind of the main. Yeah. It's, it's really awesome. It's really smart. And I like how you have your, your scripted talk show, which is kind of like, I, I don't have a good reading on it cause we're only what three episodes deep right now, but it's like, it's kind of like a long form comedy bit, but then you have your podcast, which is even longer form, but it's, it's, like unironic it's like you guys just genuinely talking and having a conversation and you kind of you get you get a taste into the comedic sensibilities of you guys as people but then you also get your content you get the um you get the like the comedy sketches and you get the the long form um like the writing is is solid i like the world building in the in the so far so good show with nick and aim and it's there's like these connected characters and people that are reoccurring and it's like, damn, this is going to go somewhere. I just know it. I'm, I'm really glad. I'm, I'm glad you guys have uh, en enjoyed watching it. Cause we, 
the main idea behind it was we wanted to do a, a a scripted show and then immediately do an unscripted podcast to kind of like peel the curtain back. But but we wanted to peel the curtain back instantly. Like even though it comes out a couple of days afterwards, it takes place right at the end. So when we're done filming, we set up for the podcast and we record and we just kind of like decompress from what we just did. Um, and yeah, I, I I think we we have like a show bible <laughs> that we've been that we've been writing to make sure it's consistent. But we we say like the so far so good show is a series about two young comedians who put on a talk show in their home. So it's it's a completely fake scripted talk show. When we do have a real guest, there's still a bit going on. In uh, uh, episode three, which comes out this Friday as of recording, so it'll all already be out when this podcast comes out. Um, we have a, a group of filmmakers coming on promoting their their new uh, Western movie that Eamon and I are actually in. Um, we play cowboys in, in it. Um, but we also have a third filmmaker that's joining a filmmaker's panel that is a, a scripted character played by our friend Harrison. So we, we want to kind of keep that, that scripted aspect of it, even if there are parts of it that are ad-libbed or improv or legitimate interview questions. It's awesome. It's groundbreaking shit. Um, yeah. No, I'm not sure if there's anything else to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh jory how are you planning on recovering from COVID 19 you don't have to go to work or anything right yeah no i i guess i'm just gonna wait it out see if i can get family to drop me some stuff uh yeah but i got a ton of acetaminophen so i'm gonna be nursing that for a while uh i should probably get tested you breaking into any of your criterion collection I hope I can uh, resist the urge to spend a shitload of money on new movies. We know we know Vice will get a rewatch. Vice is probably going to get a rewatch. Maybe I'll feel brave and uh, rewatch Contagion. <laughs> What's your take on the film Vice? On Vice, uh, never saw it and don't plan to. Best film of 2018. I can't think of another film of 2018 to argue with. Nick, what's your take on Avatar 2009? <laughs> <laughs> uh, also haven't seen it legitimately. Yeah, I, I uh, just never saw it. Do you want to? It was one, uh, to me, it seems like one of those things that obviously when it came out, it, it blew up and was talked about for good reason. And then it immediately drops off the face of the earth and no one could care less about the 17 sequels that are it'd be interesting to hear what your take on it is as somebody who didn't see it in like imax 3d like when it was a big spectacle yeah that was definitely one of my best theater experiences was seeing that i didn't see it in imax 3d jory and you know my take on it yeah but you're also a fucking weirdo that's such an odd take that's why we keep talking about That's why every time you're like Avatar is Kino, Josh and I are like, uh, maybe. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I've never been legitimately scared to rewatch a movie until Nate's Avatar take came up, and I'm like, because like the thing is, I have tried rewatching Avatar, and I didn't like it <laughs> upon a rewatch. I would be interested to 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 watch it for the first time and like document my experience watching this movie that came out 12 years ago that, that I just missed the hype on entirely. It's definitely a good commentary track for you. This is Papa Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, definitely check out Nicholas Roman's content, the So Far So Good show, the channel, everything. Also, Banana Boys, we get new music coming soon. 
Uh, that's the plan. Uh, it, it's kind of uh, interesting because pandemic obviously happened. And while that happened, we all moved to different parts of the country back home. And uh, we have we have some songs that are being written, some songs that we've done live and haven't recorded. So there's probably. So you're telling me, Nick, you have to get the band back together. I know, man. We got to make a Banana Boys movie. If your New York unit needs any help with uh, So Far So Good, let me know. Yeah, absolutely, man. We'll get you. We'll get you up in there. There's a. Uh, hopefully, there's some Banana Boys uh, stuff coming eventually. We we definitely have songs that are written and songs that we played live before the pandemic that we never recorded. So there's at least material for for another EP somewhere. That sweet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Duel of the Takes. Next week, Michael from the YouTube channel Movies and Milk will be helping us rank every Dr. Seuss movie ever made. Special thanks to Anchor.fm for sponsoring today's episode. And remember, if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.